Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Imagine hopping on a plane for 24 hours straight, landing in a new country where the only things you know about its culture are from music, movies, and television. Then pursuing your education in a language that was not your first. Our guest today did just that. The University of Oregon community prides itself on a celebration of culture and diversity, and there is a growing number of international students each year. Questions loom if this trend will continue. Today we will discuss this and much more about the life of an international student. Coming up next on the Spent the Rent podcast, from Taipei, Taiwan, Winston Wang. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, so a little back history about how we met. You had been, you've been in Eugene now for four years. Uh, three and a half. Three and a half years, years, and and you've been a regular customer uh, of the barber shop. Mm -hmm. And we started talking about music a while back, and then we started really kind of getting to know each other and became friends more than just, uh, you know, at first you were just a customer, Mm -hmm. and then and then it's kind of crossed over. And we recorded a song together, which at the end of the episode we'll get into. Mm -hmm. I think it's really pretty. I think it's it's one of the coolest songs that i've done because you know you sang your verse in mandarin Mm -hmm. which i think is really cool so we'll get into that a little bit later Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here thank you congratulations on graduating thank you so much that's a big deal (laughs) so you just finished spring term at the end of spring term or Uh, winter term winter term i don't know what year it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) so and you got your degree in what uh in arts management in arts management nice so, uh, and but singing is also something you've had a huge passion for. Correct. And we'll get into yeah. that a little bit more as okay. well. Let's mm-hmm. start out with, you know, where you grew up. You were born in Canada, Correct. in Vancouver, BC. Both of your parents are from Taiwan. Correct. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, uh, my parents went to school in Japan. They got their degrees in Japan. Uh, my mom um, is a doctor and still a doctor, um, but like her degree wouldn't work in Canada. They moved to Canada. Um, actually, most of my family members are still living in Canada. But um, yeah, um, because my mom's degree couldn't work, uh, we moved back to Taiwan. So I was living there for like two, three years. But when I was in Taiwan, still every summer. And so um, I'll be there like in the summer camp and stuff. Right. Yeah. And uh, you did go to high school in a few different places in the United Correct. States. Yeah. Your first place was in Washington. Um, so like I was in Taiwan and I finished middle school in Taiwan and then uh, I went to, yeah, Olympia, Washington. But like when I actually started um, like my high school, high school 
It was in New York. In New York. Yeah. When you came to the United States, well, because living in Canada, going back and forth, mm-hmm. you spoke English. I mean, you learned English pretty young, right? Yeah. But like, still, I was living in Taiwan and it wasn't like my first language. Right. Yeah. And it, it wasn't something you were super comfortable speaking or? I, I always learned, like I in school, like I would go to cram school learning English and stuff, but I never really had a chance to use it in like daily life. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I know from... I I looked up the statistics and 11% of the university student body is Mm. international students. And that's a varying... There's so many different... UFO. Yeah. And there's so many different uh, countries that are represented. You know, like Mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia Mm -hmm. has a pretty big demographic. And Korea, China was number one. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've met a lot of people from different places. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the Chinese students and... Uh, they have a really difficult time because they came here Correct. without high school. Mm-hmm. So they have a difficult time with English and it's intimidating. And that's one of my favorite things about being the barber is that we are forced to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so, because I know the knock on a lot of the Chinese students that come by locals and by other international students is they, they don't intermingle sometimes with, mm-hmm. with the community. And I'm not, I'm just saying mm-hmm. what I've heard, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, but I understand how hard it must be, you know? Mm-hmm. So for you, you were at somewhat of an advantage because you had some experience, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's probably, that was probably a help, you know? Cause it's mm-hmm. gotta be scary. I mean, Correct. yeah, completely different culture. Did you mm-hmm. watch a lot of American movies and music and? Uh, it was really funny, but like how I really learned daily conversational English when I was in Taiwan, um, all I learned was like, you know, just the academics on, on the book, right. whatever, like Grammarly, whatever. But, um, to be fluent in conversational English, I watch a lot of Conan O'Brien, right? Uh, Kevin Hart, uh, Russell Peters from Canada, but like I watch tons of uh, talk shows and, and comedy, comedy shows. Yeah, nice. Yeah, which is good. I mean, because and they talk fast, so yeah, yeah. you know, especially like stand up comedy and mm-hmm. and that's cool because Conan O'Brien is goofy, and I yeah. think that's a. Yeah. I grew up on Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. He was my idol when I was in middle school mm-hmm. because for one, we look the same. You know, you know, <laughs> he's Irish. Irish, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that's great. That's pretty funny. Did you watch movies with subtitles or did you just try to push and watch them? Yeah. So when I first started learning English, like when I was, when I was little, I I used to just watch it with Chinese subtitles and I switched it to English subtitles. And then finally I just get rid of all the subtitles. Oh, right. Cause then you're kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So like step by step. Right. Yeah. Uh, The voiceovers are always funny when they do. Mm -hmm. Like my stepson watches a lot of Japanese animation. Oh yeah. And he watches it with voiceovers and they've gotten better, especially some of the, you know, that they, they actually, it's the people that make the, the show that Mm -hmm. have the voiceovers instead of it you know, being like overdubbed or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's always funny to me. Mm-hmm. So the University of Oregon was the only school you applied to. Correct. And you, we talked a little bit off air. Just be honest. Wh- why was that? What what made you choose U of O? Yeah. So um, upon high school graduation, um, most of my, we'll talk about this later. But sure. like, yeah, my, uh, I went to a pretty conservative Christian high school, but most of my uh, classmates, they applied to like Christian colleges and in in california um so the first thing is i didn't want to go to a christian college and second is i didn't have the grades to go to like right. ucs in in california and i was like 
um, I know a pretty famous, well-known school in Oregon, and you know, it's known for its sports. And and you know, Eugene is beautiful. And I knew about Holt Center before I sure. came here because of singing and yeah, and performing. then like the arts here too, like the uh, Shakespeare Festival in Ashland. Right. Yeah. So I knew that arts is a, was a big thing in Oregon, and I applied to U of O, and then yeah, I got in. That was the only school I applied, and then. I got accepted, and then, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, because a lot of the American students that are from the Bay Area, San Mm -hmm. Francisco, Oakland, that's what I hear all the time, is they're like, (laughs) I I couldn't get in to the UC schools because of my grades. And it's a knock on Oregon, maybe, but the reality is, is that they end up having a great time. Correct. You know, and that they're like, I'm grateful that I came, because the culture of Eugene, it's not as apparent, the hippie kind of movement, but the kindness is Mm -hmm. still there. It is, yeah. You wanted to talk about that, about your experience in California. Mm-hmm. And this is probably more primarily based on the conservative background of the school. And, and mm-hmm. but you said that there was some, go ahead and speak on, on how what, you were shocked because, well, at the time you thought it was normal that people Correct. were kind of yes. hurtful and yes. hateful. Yeah. Go ahead and speak about that. Yeah. So I went to, um, I went to a high school, like my first year of high school was in New York and it was a pretty liberal high school that, um, more than 90 countries of and students from 90 different countries went to that school. So I didn't have a concept of what is the conservative side of the U.S. And then I moved to California to a, a Calvinism-based uh, Christian high school. And when I was there, I just remember of, excuse my language, but like I just remember in class people yell like, you gay, you faggot. And like... In class. In class. And then like, it would be like a kind of like a demeaning way and like people laugh at you and like say like you know like ching chong stuff like that and i I thought it was like oh funny normal and people say that in the u.s and then and then yeah i graduated um you know around that i went there for like two and a half years i thought it was normal uh i and then this is what i like about oregon is i moved in uh with three different roommates i mean homemates um in uh at the university of oregon and my friend is from devon is a very dear friend of mine um he's from scapoos in oregon right um yeah and i told him about this kind of stuff and he was like no this is not normal this is you know it's very disrespectful and right people don't care about your sexual orientation or race in oregon like at least in eugene and portland like, today yeah i mean it, you know i'll admit that when i was a kid mm-hmm. You know, I'm 37, so when I was like 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. it was pretty bad here mm-hmm. and everywhere. But and we've evolved as a society, and, you know, I mean, I'm not proud of it. Like, I was one of those kids, mm-hmm. like, to be honest. Now, that being said, you're talking about, like, six, seven years ago, right, mm-hmm. when you were in school. What? That was three, four years ago. The, the, so, yeah, so the, that's what I'm saying. So pretty current. Yeah. And so I think that that reflects... Like your friend is not wrong when he said that uh, it's not normal, but it is common, you know, Mm. because I think that there's, there's a, it's just ignorance, you know, and I don't even know if it's necessarily hate when it's coming from kids. Yeah. It's just not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just ignorance and high school though, you know, I mean, people are going to find whatever they can find about somebody being different and Mm -hmm. they're going to pick at that. I'm not defending it by any means. Mm -hmm. It's just that, that, you know. I think that every one of us can go back and like regret some of the stuff mm-hmm. that we said and mm-hmm. the, the way that we treated people. But it's because in high school, you're just, you're hurting inside, you know, it's tough. But yeah. that is kind of surprising to me, especially in California. Especially in California. It was in Southern California too. Just, I think it was just that school. And I know a lot of um, 
extreme right wings in Anaheim. Extreme, extreme, and that's the the reality. And I want to make it clear yeah. that that. And I know you're not saying this because mm -hmm. a lot of like what would be considered Republican conservatives, mm -hmm. they're raised to be moral Correct. to treat people yeah. with respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're Christian, that's what you're talking about. That kind of behavior is not the teachings, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. it's about loving your neighbor. Yeah. And I had a good experience overall right. at, at the school. It was just like little stuff that right. sometimes, yeah. That's crazy. And then to come to the U of O and it's, I mean, there's still, we're not immune to to that kind of ignorance mm. in Eugene, it happens, but it's not something that, you know, you would get bombarded. I mean, especially, uh, the, like as far as calling someone out for being gay or something like that, mm. you'd, I mean, that would be a death wish in Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had, had some like not so good experience in Eugene, but people always stood up for me and I thought that was right. You know, like they would not allow it, you know, if they yeah. caught, if they heard it. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? Like what happened in Eugene? There's just a couple ones. And like, so the, I remember my first encounter was in, uh, was Halloween. My first year in college, I was walking with my Japanese friends and, uh, also my roommate at Cooper at the time. Um, basically we heard some, you know, college student walk by and then just look at us and it's like, Hey, go back to China. But I mean, they're from Japan, but who knows? Like, they were we, from we're Asians, but, uh, oh, I got you. I but got like you. they say, um, just tons of other college students and they were like yelling, like go back to China and stuff wow. like that. And that was like my first encounter, but like my friend Cooper stood up for me right? and stood up for all of us. Uh, I was kind of shocked. And then there were just a couple of little ones. The most recent one was like a month ago. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, it's rude, but it was just like, oh, um, very stereotypical comment was like, I was in Best Western. And then, um, but yeah, um, a lady was like fixing, trying to fix her uh, tablet with the front desk. And then I walked in and she was like, and she spoke with the front, she spoke to, she looked at the front desk and said, hey, here's an oriental person. Uh, he knows how to deal with like technological right. stuff with tablet and stuff so he can fix it and then the front desk person was like ah, I don't know about the oriental part but like he's definitely young he can help you age more yeah, than, yeah and, and, and I was like funny. I, yeah I will help you if I can and I couldn't and, and I it just wouldn't the, the tablet I couldn't fix it and she was like well I thought all oh, your like oriental people are smart like I guess not like she was she was saying that and I was like wow like it's I will say it's just um, it's not even knowing. It's positive, stereotypical. It's stereotypical, yeah, right. Correct. And yeah. I think that that's something that I've learned um, about any group of people that, you know, any label, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. It's not a binary belief system. People have different views correct. and have different yeah. skill sets. And, and that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing. So one of the mistakes I used to make talking to black people mm -hmm. is honestly, is that I'd be like, what do black people think about this? And then a friend of mine was like, I don't know, dude, ask him. Everybody mm. thinks different things. Correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, and has different skills just mm -hmm. like anybody else. He's like, it's not like all of us get together and like, say like, mm -hmm. this is what our general <laughs> yeah. viewpoint. I mean, there's certain things obviously, and I can't speak for obviously minorities, but mm -hmm. there's certain things that it's like the culture seems to think this is what we're going to try to do as a group to benefit the majority, but nobody's going to like fall in line. You know what I mean? Like everybody's mm. going to, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think I told you this story though. You're talking about some of the stuff on the street, I saw something that I thought was funny. This is terrible. People are going to get upset, but that, uh, so this American kid, mm -hmm. a white kid mm -hmm. on 4th of July, which a lot of the time when the international students move to the area, mm -hmm. they 
will come during summer because there's less students. And so right. it allows people yep. to acclimate mm-hmm. and they kind of, the university encourages that. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you this story, but I, it's funny. So, so this American student was throwing fire fireworks, ground bloom flowers mm-hmm. at people kind of like at their feet. And he threw one and it got lodged in this girl's boot and it burnt her really bad. Right. Oh, wow. So, uh, other American students, this was on 14th and ferry right on campus. Okay. And I lived there and I was about, excuse me, I was about 19 years old Mm. and I lived right there. And, uh, my right next to where I lived was a whole row of international students. It lived in this apartment. Mm -hmm. It was like six or eight apartments that was all international students Mm -hmm. in that apartment. And they were all sitting on their balcony watching the fireworks and whatnot. And they're brand new to the area. Mm -hmm. And so this kid throws a firecracker and then a bunch of other students go and jump him and they're kicking him in the face and drop on the ground and they're oh. chanting USA USA the, and I'm like oh my gosh because I look over and these international students most of them were from Korea and they're, they're, and they're like youth. I'm not gonna like it here oh. like they're, I don't like this here so I went over there and I was like I mean I think the kid deserved to get pushed around a little bit because what he was doing but they were getting pretty excessive and I went over to this Korean students and I was like, I want you to know this isn't normal. Mm. Like, this is not something that happens on a Correct. daily basis. Yeah. And then one guy was like, I'm really scared. I'm really scared. And I was mm-hmm. like, dude, this is not normal. He's like, I've only been here for two weeks and I don't like this. And I was, uh. and it's yeah. funny in hindsight, but that was kind of my first real taste. I mean, I had friends in high school that were from foreign exchange students is what we would call mm-hmm. them in high school. But, uh, you know, I had a girlfriend from Germany mm-hmm. and a lot of different friends, but I didn't didn't have the uh, size of like friend base that I do today because of working in the barbershop mm-hmm. on campus mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, that's like one of my first memories about what it would be like to be an international student. It's like, oh man, these guys got to be freaked out. Yeah. And I agree with what you said. Like, you know, you say like, this is not necessary to experience in Eugene. Like right. everyone, every single person is different. Like as you said, like minority groups too. And then to my view too, like when, before I came here, my parents, the first thing, because they used to live in Vancouver, BC. Sure. The first thing they told me was like, um, like they say, white people are mean. Right. <laughs> they say like, be careful that they might be racist to you and stuff. Over the years, I will say like every single person, it's just different even, oh, you know, absolutely. like, yeah. So, so, I had very good experience here. Um, people always stood up for me. So, like, I think the stereotypical thing is just not true to all, you know, cultures right. and backgrounds. Oh, but, exactly. Yeah. And that's it. I yeah. mean, I think people, you know, and I know that some of the questions, I've watched some little snippet videos about, um, you know, when in, when someone comes to America from a different country, the mm. questions that they get asked sometimes yeah. can be kind of inundating. And it's like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> you know, like about food and all that different stuff. And I'm sure it gets tiring. But on campus, I think it's a little bit more welcomed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that the international students embrace it because they're learning themselves about American culture and sharing their culture so that we can all celebrate it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of what our song was about. Correct. It was about. Yeah it's my time to shine because here is an opportunity to educate people, but also to learn, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. that was, it was kind of neat. And mm. so, uh, we should move along. Um, we kind of just mentioned, I was going to ask you about challenges of being an international student. And I think that you just kind of covered that, mm. that that's a real big challenge that, you know, you just, you're in a place that's foreign literally. Mm. And, you know, you, you definitely want to, you want to be accepted anywhere you go. So it's mm. difficult when you get, so w- when you said at that school in California, was it, 
you that were treated with discrimination or was it as a whole? Like everybody was just mean to each other. So I was the only few international students there. There were like under 20 international students. Um, most of them, I was the only one from Taiwan. So even within the international student group, I wasn't really accepted because 18 of them were from China. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we can talk about that. And we were going to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. The, um, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. The division between Taiwan and China yeah, as a whole. Because um, Americans don't understand how that mm, conflict works. But, um, yeah, I, I used to live with um, a, a host family. And then a host family, they're in, an immigrant family, too. Uh, when the dad is from Lebanon and the mom is from El Salvador. So I used to live with them. Um, but, yeah, I did hear some. So I was running for, like... Um, um, it was orchestra, and I believe it was like a treasurer position, whatever. Right. And I overheard just someone saying that he wouldn't get elected because he's Asian in a do- predominantly white school. So like, I heard that, and I wasn't happy. I was like, "Why do you say that?" And I also, someone was running for a, someone in. I was a senior, but someone in sophomore year, uh, he's Asian American, so he's American, but people were just saying that because he's Asian, he wouldn't get elected. Right. So like stuff like that, and then I wouldn't say directed to me but it was normal for me to hear like people making fun of someone's sexual orientation or right. how they dress how they look and like people yelling gay and like faggot in a demeaning way and right. then i thought that was normal i thought that was how people treated each other everywhere in the u.s which is not true no i mean it still um, exists it still happens but it's definitely not something that you know i mean when i was a kid it was rampant like it was really bad. And you know, I grew up in Salem, which tends to be a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, I don't like to just use the word conservative, but, but it tends to be a little bit more ignorant, I guess, mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, Eugene, as far as culture and that kind of stuff. I always mm-hmm. joke that the culture of Salem is the absence of culture, <laughs> but, but, uh, so let's go ahead and talk about the, I want, I really wanted to talk to you about Taiwan and China. And we want to make a disclaimer that this is just mm-hmm. us talking about the conflict and the and the division. We're not really st- stating an opinion necessarily yeah. that Americans don't really understand this. And I think it's pretty similar to the situation with Ukraine and Russia uh, from what I've had it described to me about. But look, can you speak on the division between China and Taiwan? Yeah. So... Um... I will try to make this short. But, I know, uh, it's a long, yeah, yeah, it's a long-winded. So I will say uh, back in World War One, World War II, um, before, so there are two Chinese political parties back then. One is called ROC, one is called PRC. PRC is the, the communism one, the People of Republic of China, and the other one is Republic of China. So ROC is what Taiwan is now, and PRC is what China is now. And are they separated by region? So... They're totally separate. Like Taiwan has its ROC has its own government. Right. We do our election. We actually just elected our first ever female president. Um, but is t- is is ROC only Taiwan? Only Taiwan at okay, the moment. So the island. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what happened was you know um, I know when I was in high school in California we learned about it in the history books, but just a little bit. But they had a civil war, and then. Um, the ROC one, which is the nationalism one, not the communist one. Um, the ROC actually fought with the U.S. Army during World War II. But like after that, they lost. They went to Taiwan. Uh, I think Dwight Eisenhower was the last U.S. officials to recognize ROC as the only China. But then uh, Mao Zedong with his uh, PRC, the communism one. Right. That, that China grew stronger. 
and then people like the UN, the United Nations, and the USA has to recognize its power and its growing economy. So then Taiwan got kicked out of the UN. I mean, ROC got kicked out of the UN that time and say, hey, sorry, the only China now is PRC, which is the stronger, the one China now. So because of that one China policy, ROC cannot even, cannot call themselves as China anymore. So ROC is now Taiwan. But this is what gets interesting is even nowadays in Taiwan, 50% of the people think as themselves as Chinese. Right. 50% thinks as because it's Taiwanese. A, because the economy is stronger because it's been, well, I don't want to say because it's been squeezed, but kind of, you know, that from what I understand that, and I, I know Trump made a comment that uh, uh, early yeah. on, what was it that he said? Yeah. So, um. He said he'll respect a one China, like he, a unified it, it, one China, which. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but like at first I feel like Trump didn't know what he was saying. Oh no, saying. and that yeah. was my first thought was that yeah. he, I don't, I'm like, I don't know about this. Because and... he switched views in between. So like he received a phone call, a congratulatory phone call from Taiwanese president, the, the female president Tsai Ing-wen. He received a phone call from her. He picked up the phone call and he like talked to them and he tweeted on Twitter saying that, um, thanks for the phone call from the Taiwanese president. But since 1970s no u.s president had ever made direct contact with a taiwanese official wow. because of the one china policy sure, right so china was mad about this uh xi's government xi jinping's government of china was very mad about this and then trump suddenly said oh no that was just a, okay see, like so I, he, he switched views wow because so, i didn't know i honestly didn't know during that time but i remember mm-hmm. hearing like because the way that he said it and then of mm-hmm. course the media kind of reported a little bit on it and that's silver lining of what's happening right now is there's a lot of blunders and and people are, are watching you know mm. closely so so essentially she had called and congratulated him yeah and then yeah he and he, he switched views because he's like oh crap like that's oh, not shoot, yeah i mess up and then we you don't we, we don't want to piss off china so so he suddenly said hey um that wasn't you know wow but yeah um and i would say like back to eugene or back to the u.s when Chinese international student with Taiwanese international student, my view, uh, being my seventh year in the U.S., uh, sometimes meeting Chinese students and being a Taiwanese student, I will say my view is we're in a foreign country, which our first language is not English. I will say, um, let's just, you know, take care of each other since we sure. speak almost yeah. the same You're language. more similar than you are different as yeah. far as it goes here, you know? And yeah. Then, right. And then... I mean, your attitude, though, is about unity globally. Like, you're, uh, you know, we li- we put these labels like Taiwan and, and mm. China and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, you're going to be living in Japan and you've got a lot of experience in the United States. But you're a man of the world. You know, <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? Like, and so so it's cool. And I think that that's the the best thing about living on a university campus mm-hmm. is that people are like, let's talk about these challenges. Let's talk about these issues. I mean, I know sometimes the, you know, especially at the U of O people are get offended and there's people Mm -hmm. getting triggered, but, but I mean, some of my favorite people to talk to are customers that are from Iran. And Iran is a country that America has strong conflict with, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. with government and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but the people are people. I mean, the people are so awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's the thing. Like whenever, um, when I was in the U.S., like the the biggest conflict I had uh, with Chi- a Chinese student was when I was in New York hosting a a cultural show, and I said I was from Taiwan, and people threw oranges at me. But like, um, throughout seven years, I met amazing 
people right. from China. And like the thing is, all the conflicts that's you know causing between Taiwanese people and Chinese, it's none of the the people's fault. No, right. It's the government. Right. It's the the two governments making all these. So people are not meant to go against each other. It's the government, and the government is like, I don't want to say brainwashed, but like in China right now, the under PRC's pressure, like you're only allowed to have one worldview. But when you come to US, which, you know, people can have whatever views they want, suddenly they're like, oh, this is different from what I'd known back, back in China. Um, but yeah, I, I think over the time, mm, I met so many amazing Chinese students on campus oh, here sure. at UFO. And so have I. And, and yeah. you know, and I've asked, because it's been something that's kind of been encouraged to mm -hmm. ask about some of the divisions and some of the controversial type mm -hmm. conflicts I've asked and I've noticed that I've gotten both type, types of responses. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there's ignorance and I'm sure people are like cringing mm -hmm. inside because mm -hmm. I ask about uh, questioning China's government, for example. Mm -hmm. Like I've asked kids about, I've talked about how I'm, I'll usually try to speak more about America and sure. talk about the similarities, mm -hmm. but I've definitely felt it when I've said stuff about what is it like to be here during this turbulent political time, like mm -hmm. in America? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, a common response would be, well, you know, at least you can complain, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know what I mean? And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'd be like, Oh, can I elaborate? Cause I'm so intrigued by the differences. And it, again, it doesn't define the people it's, it's the governments, but then people are so timid about explaining it because they're like, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't, this could be repeated because they've been so conditioned that it's not accepted mm. to speak out. And and then over time, as, as I've gotten to know someone stronger and better, and then they open up a little bit, it's really cool to me. It means a lot to me when they start to, to explain to me kind of the plight or their, their experience. W would you say that now this is a bold, I, I know we, we don't want to label, but would you say that people, in Taiwan mm -hmm. are more critical than, well, cause obviously in Taiwan, there's a, you said it's about 50% are mm -hmm. against being basically part of China. So they're going to be extremely critical of the Chinese mm -hmm. government. Those people will be very vocal. I, I, I will say, um, uh, technically. So China, even now, um, I mean, China by PRC, the, the communist one right mm -hmm. now, um, they claim Taiwan is one of their territories, but Taiwan actually, since 19, since after the Civil War, since even Taiwan left the ROC, left the United Nations, we have our own government. We elect our own government officials, freedom of speech, everything. You can basically, whatever you can do in the US, right? you can say it or do it in Taiwan. So that's the thing about what I like about Taiwan is you can express yourself. And that's the thing with. Um, a, 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 a difference between um, how people in China and right and, and, and it's because yeah. that's the way you have to be almost yeah you know, so be people it's they're very critical um when, when it comes to like um, po politics in Taiwan because you can say whatever but this is the one thing that why Taiwanese people do not want to you know um um go back to like motherland because like the Chinese government always have like a slogan saying that Taiwan will one day return to the motherland like the, right. why majority of Taiwanese people do not want to go back to the motherland one thing is because you you will lose your freedom of speech you will lose your freedom to just as how a couple years ago Hong Kong Hong Kong was returned to China in 1997 after the um the contract with uh, Great Britain right um but yeah since then 
China has slowly approaching and like, uh, Hong Kong was under a different rule. It's one China, two rules. So, uh, Hong Kong had freedom of speech and whatever. But now China is slowly applying its own rules in China, in mainland China to Hong Kong, which people are losing their freedom right. of speech. So Taiwan don't want to become the second Hong Kong. So that's what people are scared about. Yeah. So to answer your question, Taiwanese people are very critical. You know, on their own government and and also yeah. probably they're critical, but also careful because mm-hmm. it very well at some point could become to where you know what i mean it's like you don't want to speak out too much that, yeah. that's the fine line there's a a funny saying in taiwan it's like if one person every single person like uh spit in taiwan it will drown taiwan that's how the difference between first population and 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 uh power economy power right now like right yeah so. and the chinese economy is just is correct it's yeah. booming you mm-hmm. know and so Taiwan is kind of struggling, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, in comparison, obviously, you know, territory-wise, and you either there's so have much to, more territory mm-hmm. for for what is considered China. Correct. Yeah. You know, and I mean, the economy is booming. Not to completely change gears, but we you wanted to talk about how at the University of Oregon there mm-hmm. is a, a I thought about it because of the economic mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. of a lot of the international mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of one thing about being. The international community has people from a lot of socioeconomic backgrounds, Mm -hmm. but at the University of Oregon, you will see Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Mm -hmm. there's, and it's usually Chinese students Mm -hmm. that have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you work with a few different organizations. Uh, Go ahead and speak on that. The AEU. So um, I'm still a part of, um, I was in charge of TWSA, which is Taiwanese Student Association. And through different cultural events, I work with CSSA, which is Chinese Students and Scholars Association. And I also perform for like Japanese Students Organization and ISA, International Student Association. And yeah, there is one thing that most people, most students in those organizations are in a program called AEIS. So there are two different programs. One is called AEIS, one is called AEI. AEI is American English Institute. AEIS is American academic English for international students. So it's totally different, but I recently heard that um, the university is canceling its uh, AEI program, which is a short-term one. Um, Yeah, so we might not see as many many Lamborghinis on campus. Would you say that one of the big things that the organization does is recruitment? Is that they they Um, go and they try to get people to come? So... The organizations more, are yeah. sorry. Organizations are for the students who are already here. Okay. So, so AEI and AEIS is a university program, but they're right. canceling one. So the university is canceling one program, and that program has a lot of uh, international students that would you know uh, come to school, come to UFO because of that. So AEIS is for people who want to stay for four years, who want right. to get their college degree here. AEI is for those students who want to come here maybe for like a short term, one to two years, even six months for like um, a, a American experience. Right. So AEIS is for short term, but they're canceling wow. AEI. And yeah. I know that the cost of tuition is, is going up as well. I mean, in Oregon, I think it's going up like 2% for Oregon residents, but then it's going up like mm-hmm. dramatically mm-hmm. for international students mm-hmm. and for non, I mean, is it a, it's a different charge even than a, than an American student, correct? Correct. It's like even more to be an international student and go to school. Yes. So like there's three different stages, one's in state right. and out of state. 
out of state technically is the same as international student, but international student we have to pay this fee called international processing fee, right. whatever, and that's like two, three thousand of dollars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going up, and yep. I think it's going up at yep. a higher rate because uh, you know for the Oregon students, obviously that's the voters. You know, mm-hmm. and since there's some public funding, but I don't think people realize I don't, we could be here for days talking about that end of it, mm-hmm. but for the Oregon resident, uh, they don't realize how little the state actually gives the school, you mm-hmm. know, as time goes by, it's not, it's everyone's like, my tax dollars pay for it. And it's like, well, not yours, but, <laughs> but yeah, but we could be here forever on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see, what do you think when you, so you got a job in, in Japan Yeah. And congratulations. Thank you. Did you go there for the interview process? No. The, All just, you just did it online? It, it was, it was kind of crazy that I went to California to visit a friend. Um, and then I also heard about this career forum in Pasadena, um, in LA. Right. So I went there. It was like a, a, a job fair with 25 different companies and they're like, oh, international firms. Um, my major is arts management. There are only two art-related firms. And then I went in, I asked if I could get a uh, walk-in interview, and I got into one of the design firm, like, wow. in, in California. Right. Yeah. So you speak Japanese. Um. I, I, yeah, I speak Japanese, but I wouldn't say business level yet, but, sure. like, daily conversation. Yeah. I mean, so you, how many languages do you speak? Uh, Taiwanese, Chinese, English, and Japanese. Wow. Yeah. I barely speak English. <laughs> no, no. But, yeah... Uh, this is the one thing too like in, at the ufo they have very good uh, language programs right i started learning japanese first year japanese in at the ufo i've been really considering yeah. taking spanish classes yeah. because they'd be the most, it'd be the most useful i probably mm-hmm. would just go to lane you know and mm-hmm. i'm not really worried about the credit the documentation or getting a degree or anything mm-hmm. i just i just want the knowledge and but it'd just be something that i i've wanted to learn spanish and i've i've taken a couple attempts at it and learning a foreign language later in life is so difficult mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it's something that would be as we have a growing hispanic population that's something that mm-hmm. i think would be really cool to to be able to mm-hmm. do and um you know it's like in in school i took french and i took german and i'm glad because in high school intro classes with with foreign language you just learn more about the basics culture and that kind of stuff mm. and I, I didn't retain any of it but well that's cool so when do you leave for japan uh hopefully i'm still getting my I'm still waiting for on my visa but hopefully in mid-may i'll leave eugene wow uh, hopefully i'll go, get my visa by then but my job starts at july 1st wow yeah and you know that's the cool thing about social media is we'll be able to keep in contact yes. and, that, yeah. and, and i know that i'll have to come and visit and you know japan and and i really want to go to korea and i want mm. to check out china and taiwan mm-hmm. or more boat china no <laughs> i don't want to get in trouble i don't know what to call it no uh we didn't really get to talk a lot about your passion for singing oh. so let's get into that and then we can talk about the song because yeah. i think that's a good segue um so when you got here you know when did you start singing really young because you're classically trained correct N- not really actually so um I was in uh, the Christian high school in California, and they had a gospel choir. Um, and yeah, I, I wasn't really classically trained, but I always liked to sing on my own. And the conductor asked me if I wanted to join them, and I actually started singing my last year in high school. Right. And I got here, and I just found that there's so many amazing programs here at the UFO, like the whole center. Like Oh, yeah. Yeah, I learned that whole center is between... 
San Francisco and Seattle, two big cities in the Pacific Northwest. That's a middle destination between those two big right. cities for like classical performances. So we have tons of great venues at you know Holt Center. We had like uh, the Book of Mormons. We have Lion King. I just saw Gabriel Iglesias. Do you know yeah. who he is? Oh yeah, the yeah, the fluffy. My girl. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend bought me tickets for my birthday. Which at first I was like, oh, "Do you even know me?" But then I thought about it. What I always tell her: mm. the best gift you can give somebody is something they wouldn't buy for themselves, <laughs> because it's out of the box, you know. Mm. And I could, I, I mean, I could buy myself whatever, you know, within reason. But it was fun, and the yeah. whole center is great. So they you, had Trevor Noah here too. Oh yeah, he'd, yeah. Be, he'd be a good one to see. Yeah. So um, at the university, you applied for one of the choirs. I yeah, University of Singers was the first choir I, you know, when I first started school here, and then and I started to get into the cultural nights. So I sang in different. I still have three more performances coming up, but like I sing in Chinese and uh, in Japanese and in English, um, like at at the Eugene Asian Festival. And also, um, I'm a part of the Eugene Symphony Chorus, wow. um, which I sing with, you know, at the Holt Center. And I met a lot of, you know, great people in the, the Oh, I the, bet. The, yeah, the And the people, it's, it's probably the audience is a little older. Yes. You know, and but they're so passionate about, yes. yeah. about it. Have you, have you been to the Shed Institute as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the Shed, I know, is something that is just, that's a whole community that takes so much pride in it. Like mm-hmm. the local people mm-hmm. that that are the audience and even you know like in downtown Eugene like art wise the the Banksy paintings and then the yeah. all, all the artworks on the walls are like the Eugene Sunday Art Walk yeah yeah, yeah the thing oh, yeah, yeah. So something like, that's passionate and the and the cool thing about that and then the Whitaker Block Party mm-hmm. is that it's urban art or whatever you want to call it where street art so it's not all there's like the classical type stuff and then they encourage like I saw this guy that made these paintings basically out of flies like actual mm. flies and so one of them was a buffalo and it was like all of the fur was actual dead flies oh. and it was really cool you know so it's just the things that people the creativity is, yeah. is just incredible yeah and um so have you gone to that the the Whitaker block party not really but like yeah it's a it's a fun mm-hmm. one i mean it's because i mean it's like they all want to be pirates and stuff i don't mm-hmm. know it's just a different culture and eugene's really is blessed with that i do have a guest coming up a few episodes from now cindy ingram that mm-hmm. is a part of uh the 20 for 21 murals have you heard about this so in 2021 eugene is going to host the world championships, yes, which yeah. is basically the Olympic off year. It's yes. crazy. I mean, it's a yeah. huge deal. Mm-hmm. And so Eugene is putting together 20 murals by 21. Mm. And I know, uh, Wade love a local guy that I, I'm friends with, mm-hmm. um, through Facebook and whatnot. He was one of the people picked. And mm. so Cindy will come on and we'll talk about that a little bit more that there's going to be 20 new murals in Eugene. And I'm looking wow. forward to seeing it, just adding some color and some flavor to the area. Yeah. We're, we're blessed for the size of town. Yes. Yeah. That, that Eugene is, we've got some great stuff, you know? Yeah. Especially in downtown Eugene. Like you see all these, the Banksy paintings are really fun too. Yeah. Like sometimes by like the sewage and sometimes it's by like the, the places that you wouldn't expect. That. Right. Yeah. But, and I don't know if those are the city or if they're graffiti, but I think it's encouraged, encouraged you know, you yeah, know I'm not, I'm not is. positive on, on which side of that. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's, you know, cause there's free walls. I mean, graffiti was a big thing when I was in high school mm. and they started, the city was like, how can we stop this? And the answer is by allowing people to have accepted art, like approved pieces. And even Springfield has done a good job with that. Mm-hmm. 
if you go downtown Springfield is is really revitalized and they've got some paintings like the Simpsons painting, of course, you know, and mm, some really yeah. cool ones and then authors. And I mean, they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. This is a great area to live. Mm-hmm. And it's cool I that agree. you got to experience the Northwest. I can't see myself moving far from it because it's just the Northwest and Oregon is just, it's, it's who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to, I'm going to try to go to Ireland because it's, the, it's basically the Northwest, but <laughs> where my roots are from, mm. you know, there's the, the climate and whatnot. So, the song that we made, you and I were talking and I had told you, I don't, I would just, cause I make hip hop music as kind of a hobby. And I said, you know, Winston, did you ever know that I make rap music? And you're like, what? And you're like, I sing, we should do a song together. Yeah. And then when I thought about it, I have to admit because of my ignorance, I had no idea how pretty Mandarin is, you mm. know? And it's such a beautiful language. And cause I just... I don't know. I just thought it would be like you'd come over and it may, maybe like you'd be like Germany, but gosh, you know, you know. So you came to my house and and I wrote a verse and pretty short little verse and you translated it. And I think in the credits of this, I'm going to go ahead and put the, mm. the the lyrics to the song because you had translated into traditional Mandarin, but you sang it in mm-hmm. Mandarin. It's the same. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really fun experience. The song Time to Shine. Mm-hmm. The beat was made by a local hip hop artist, Jay Philly. Mm. And then my friend Roger McConnell played guitar on it. And I think it turned out really good. I think it has kind of a sublime feel. Mm-hmm. Do you ever listen to Sublime? Do you know who they are? Not really. Yeah. They're from the 90s. I know I'm an old man. So <laughs> who, who would you say, what is your favorite music local, like that you've learned since you've been in the United States? Uh, I would say definitely gospel music. Like gospel? gospel I, I got into gospel music and then, yeah, I, I loved gospel music and um, I'm, I'm a part of the UFO gospel singers with NDO Brown. Um, he, yeah, he's an amazing conductor and I would just say, yeah, gospel music was the one, um, gospel music and jazz. Yeah. 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 That's the one thing that I got to the US and I just fell in love with it. Right. Yeah. There's just so much cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you, it's more mainstream, but have you listened to like Aloe Black? Cause he has, he brings in some gospel stuff. Mm. I'll have to show you some of his stuff. Well, Winston, I really appreciate you coming out. Thank so, you so much. this has been really cool and it's a bummer that you're going to be leaving us, you know, moving, but we're really proud of you, you know, Thank and you. the opportunities that you're going to, you're going to be able to go anywhere in the world and we will keep in touch. And, you know, the barbershop was a better place for having you as a customer these last Thank few so years. Much. I know George really enjoyed all of his conversations with you. And you're one of the sweetest people I've ever met. And there's no other way to describe it. You know, you're really kind and, and good natured. And it's, it's just such an honor. So this is me, Self-Esteem Boat Willie. And you, this is funny. So your stage name for the hip hop type, oh, type stuff yeah. is Lil Bento. That, that's kind of, I, I yeah, I got the name. It was kind of funny too, but um, it was in Japan and... Yeah, bento is like bento box. Right. So like, yeah, but- it's funny in America to use that. So, it, you know, Lil Bento. So this is self esteem boat Willie and Lil Bento with uh, time to shine. And how do, shine. how would you say that in Mandarin? Time to shine in Mandarin is shan yao shi ke. It's 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 the time that you glow, the time that you fly, and the time that you 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 um you're a person that you can take care of yourself. So um. We did this in tribute to like the unity right. to see that every single person, uh, regardless of your race, your religious belief, your sexual orientation, you have a time that 
you can stand up. You can. It's your time to shine. Right. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty beautiful song. So. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, this is time, time to shine. To Thank shine. you, Winston. Thank you. Kindness is contagious, you'll find that's why the world is spacious Different places with smiles on different faces When we come together, we come correct When I explore new friends, I collect All shapes and sizes, the world is full of new surprises Many corners you can hide in People from a far off land you can confide in Let's put an end to the battles that we died in Let's take a chance on broadening horizons Step foot on all of the different islands My land is your land, we can occupy it Let's share a world that we can take pride in Let's take a chance on broadening horizons Step foot on all of the different islands My land is your land, we can occupy it Let's share a world that we can take pride in It's my time to shine 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 善良是有感染力，笑容也是。你将会发现，世上很多地方，很多人们，不同的地方，不同笑容脸上。我们团结。Time to.